welcome to No Relation NFL Podcast of Matt and Bill Williamson, our Thanksgiving week edition. Matt, how you doing? I am great. Getting ready for the big holiday, trying to squeeze everything in so I can relax a little and watch games and not be doing podcasts and writing articles. So this week's, all, as you know, you've been doing this a long time too, this week's always crazy in our life. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting, like you said, it's real top-heavy week. you got to get everything done by Wednesday night. Have you ever been to a uh, Thanksgiving Day game? No, I haven't, no. I mean, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, always at home. It's been a work day for me pretty much every year. I mean, I watch every game start to finish and eat turkey in front of the TV. And, you know, when I was at the Browns, I, you know, did, we worked, you know, and same with, with other right. teams. So, um, right. so, no, no, I've never been a fan and gone to a game. And really, I don't think I'd want to. I mean, I'd rather be home. Yeah, and it's all part of the fabric. I, I've covered a few, I think, three times on Thanksgiving, a couple games in Dallas and um, – Kansas City Denver like an NFL Network game. I think it was the, I think it was uh, Jake Plummer's last game as the Broncos quarterback. Oh wow! They sound more fun. Oh, I also covered uh, a Denver year of Giants. I've covered like four games. It's, I'm okay if I if I keep it at four. I don't need to cover any more on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's how I kind of wanted to get this show started. Really cool slate of games this Thursday, isn't there? It's fantastic. I mean, a little the got dampered a little bit with the luck concussion news. I was really looking forward to seeing that matchup, and I was expecting a big shootout. Now I don't give Indianapolis a whole lot of a shot, but the other two are great. I mean, Washington's playing really well, and I don't think they'll catch the Cowboys in that division. But you know, I mean, that would be a huge statement win, and um, that NFC North game is unbelievably important. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Cowboys got to watch out because if they lose this game, it, it tightens up, and the, and the Giants are playing, you know, pretty well too. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the AFC West being probably pretty far ahead of the NFC East, with them being the two best divisions. But I don't know; the NFC East has, has come on the last couple of weeks. No doubt, and no question, it's the division that's exceeded my expectations the most. You know, I mean, I thought 10 wins would easily win that division in the preseason, and maybe nine. I didn't see a real bottom feeder, but I saw a lot of what I thought were mediocre teams that all had holes, all had strengths. You know, now if you compare the NFC East to the AFC West, I mean, Dallas would be, if you you ranked them from one to eight, Dallas would be one. Um, I'm not sure who would be eight. Uh. San Diego? I guess. You know, I don't, I'm not in love with Philadelphia either, but right. uh, probably San Diego at this point. But they're awfully good still. I mean, the, the record doesn't show it, but they're a good football team. Is, is, is the Eagles, are they a – were they a flash in the pan? Or cause they got so hot early that they've kind of fallen apart. Is this a team that's on the rise next year and, and the year after because of the quarterback and the coaching? Or they still have a lot of work to do. I, I tend to think that this is a team on the rise. No question. I mean, I, I think whenever you go all in and move up in the draft to get a quarterback and you have a reasonably successful season or and competitive the next year, you're not a total flop. You know, you're not the Browns or San Francisco or those type of teams. That's highly positive. And I think he's definitely the guy. Um, and 
the defense is absolutely intact. You know, I think that's what's kept them competitive more than anything is their defense is a top five, top seven type defense. And I see that coming back in a big way. But I don't like their weapons. You know, I mean, who's the receiver that steps up? I mean, Green Beckham and Aguilar are not all that impressive. Uh, they need a running back. So I would think this would be an off season that they dedicate towards getting some playmakers around Wentz. Is that going to be easy? I mean, I don't know their cap room, but, I mean, the draft's going to be tight. I mean, they and they, and they certainly need that pronto, right? Yeah, and I don't know their cap situation either, but at least they got that first-round pick back from Minnesota, which is probably, you know, I mean, that could be the 15th pick overall. could be right in the middle there. Um, right. They dumped the Bradford contract. They don't have a ton of money invested at the, the quarterback position. So I would think they could be a buyer to go get a receiver or a running back or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. I, I just I, I just think this is a team that is making strides this year. Another thing I want to talk about is um, a few weeks ago you're, we were talking about how the league isn't very good, and I still don't think the league is very good this year. Um, but you say, you know, there's going to be some teams that get hot. And I think we're seeing that. Again, we talk about the Giants and the Redskins. Lions, Dolphins, I mean, are these are these teams, do they can sustain it and make serious runs at the serious runs at the playoffs? I think Detroit can. You know, their their defense was so bad for the majority of the you know, first half of the season and was really, really injured. And I think they're starting to get them. I mean, they're reasonably healthy now on that side of the ball. They have their offensive formula, and most importantly, they play in a bad division. So I think Detroit is actually my favorite to win that division. Um, I don't really think the Giants are sustainable. You know, I mean, to yeah. me, they're really average. I like their defense. All the guys that they've invested big money in in, in draft picks to Collins, Apple, Jenkins, Pierre Paul, Olivier Vernon, all those guys are playing really well, and I like the defense. But, you know, as the weather gets rough and as the competition gets tougher, you know, you got to run the ball. And they don't have any kind of running game. Right. Um, but they are, I mean, they're 7-3, and three in this season, that's not They've won five in a row, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. You know, I, I do I do a lot of Raider work, and after that win last night, which, I mean, look, it, 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 what the Raiders do all year long Maybe get outplayed most of the game, but they make the plays in the fourth quarter. They take advantage of, of opportunities. They've been very fortunate. I think this is a team that, I, that I've covered, since I've covered teams closely since 1997, I've never seen a team like this year's Raiders get break after break after break. It's, I mean, it's amazing, and it happened again last night with the, you know, the Hopkins non-touchdown, the two horrible you know, ball placements in the fourth quarter. And I'm not taking that away from the Raiders, but that's just reality. I don't think they're an 8-2 and two team, but I don't know if there's five teams better than them in the, in the whole league. So they could take a big run. Oh, I 100% agree with you. And I thought that was a good win last night, too. I mean, that even though they, I'm sure Houston fans are going, man, I mean, we got screwed on that one. And in some ways they did. And, I mean, the Raiders won a game when they took 22 penalties. I mean, it's been crazy. But they do play their best in the end. And they seem to find 
something that they're so talented on offense and the defense is good enough and Carr's really playing well that they seem to find something they can do on offense in each game that works. You know, like against Denver, they brought in, they, they play a lot of 6-0 line sets and they come in and they just beat you into the ground. Well, last night, I mean, the thing that they found that really worked that I didn't see coming at all was the Raider running backs against the Texan linebackers. You know, I mean, Carr was 10 of 11 targeting his running backs, and I thought that was the difference in the game. Certainly. I mean, and that's a testament to the offense coordinator, Bill Musgrave, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have the talent to do it, that they can beat you any way they can. You know, I mean, they can beat you a lot of different ways. And, yeah, he, he adapts and figures out a weakness and goes to it and has a quarterback to pull it off. Do you? I know you've been big on Pittsburgh. Do you think this is Oakland-New England championship game? Are we on that course, or is somebody else, is Oakland going to have to yeah. beat somebody else, you know, pick it up and, and, and outdo themselves and beat somebody else in the playoffs before facing New England? Kansas City losing, I think, hurts them quite a bit, you know, trying to keep up with Denver and Oakland. You know, I, I think the clearest path to the two buys are certainly New England 1, Oakland 2. Um, but it wouldn't blow me away, or I wouldn't crush the team for it as a whole if in the second round of the playoffs they tripped up and lost one thirty-one to 30. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're still a young team. Right. I don't know if I've brought this up to you, but... You know, I compare them to last year's Chicago Cubs. Made the playoffs, you know, with a young nucleus, finally got there, didn't do very good in the playoffs, won around, and then this year got seasoned and ran through the league and won the, you know, the World Series. I can see the Raiders doing that next year. Yeah, I don't know enough about baseball, but I know what you mean. That, yeah. you know, you see a team growing, and every step of the way they're taking a big step forward, big step forward. And this is the one where they get in the postseason and win the division and Carr's now got another year under his belt and they taste the playoffs and they understand right. what that's about. And you see it in all sports. And then the next year they have one more strong offseason and Max a year older and Cooper's a year older and they're the team to beat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can totally see that happening. I know that you haven't been huge on Kirk Cousins. Are, are you starting to turn on that at all? Yes, I thought that was the best game he's ever played, first of all. I mean, and the thing that shocked me was I couldn't believe how well he pierced the wind and threw deep accurately with tight spirals. And, um, you know, more. he's never been a great arm strength guy, and maybe he's getting better in that department. I mean, you don't see that often, but, you know, people grow up and they get stronger and they get better. Um, but he throws tight spirals, and that cut the wind. That surprised me. I think Green Bay is a nightmare. I also think Gruden is really doing a good job with Cousins and the offense as a whole, really balanced, physical, good line, a lot of play action, a lot of weapons for him to throw to. But kind of to your, your, your big point is I look at that and say, now you have to sign him. You know, like I, when right. I was talking about the, the, the Redskins going into the season, I would say, boy, I really like what they're building there. But they can't stop the run, they can't run the ball, and I don't think they have their quarterback, and that's going to be a problem. But now I look at it and say, you've got to bring him back and you know, probably overpay him, that's what happens, and make him the guy because you're good. You, know? I mean, you can't afford to start over with a, a, you know, a Paxton Lynch or something like that from next year's draft. 
So, but I mean, is he the answer? Is it sustainable with him? Because again, last week we talked about quarterbacks who flash. Who, who would you rather have starting next season, Cousins or Osweiler? Who wasn't Cousins or who? Night, Cousins or Osweiler? Yeah. Cousins for sure. I mean, I, I thought Osweiler also played the best game he has last night, but I have major doubts about him. I mean, I, I think right. Cousins is a lot more proven, a lot more reliable, um, two steps up the ladder from an Osweiler. Osweiler reminds me not totally like Jay Cutler, because I think he has a little bit more spunk than Jay Cutler, but you're always waiting for the disaster a la Cutler. You're always waiting for the screw-up. You're always waiting for him to catch a batted ball at the goal line, you know, Yeah. like he did last night. I mean, isn't he just kind of a time bomb? Yeah, and, you know, I, I he's looked so bad that I hate to jump to a judgment very quickly on him because, I mean, he had very few starts in college. He's had very few starts in the NFL. He's in, He's in his second system. But I don't like much about him either. You know, I mean, uh, Denver let him walk. They, and they offered him a contract, but still they didn't, you know, beat down the door to keep him. And I think O'Brien will, will make him better, and we may see that the rest of the season, that he's serviceable, improving, however you want to call it. But, man, I mean, he's not super mobile, although he's a better athlete than you think. He doesn't play tall, but he also isn't super accurate. He never looks comfortable. His arm's just okay. Uh, I, I don't see it with him. You know what? He was okay in Denver. I think that's a testament to how good that Denver team was last year. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and to a degree, you know, it, it shows you that Simeon is about that same type of guy, too, that, you know, I mean, coached up right, not asked to do a lot. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, that was all about the defense last year. Right, right. <clears throat> Cincinnati's become a big mess, hasn't it? Now the injuries. Gigantic. And... I mean, some of the news we're hearing now is A.J. Green might not be as bad as we initially thought. But, man, I mean, I just wrote an article about this, that he gets as much attention from opposing defenses as anyone in the league in his numbers in the games they didn't lose, which includes the tie, are phenomenal. He averages like 140 yards a game in those games. The games that they've lost, he averages like 60 yards a game. You know, like no team goes as a receiver goes like the Bengals. And now who's the number one? Um, the defense is underperformed. The line isn't as good as it used to be. And I think Bernard's a, a really quality all-around back. So does with – their, their record's probably going to be really bad. They made the playoffs last year. They're not going to make it this year. Marvin Lewis, you know, hasn't won a playoff game. That was what was supposed to happen this year, not take a big step back. Is this the year they, they, they blow it up? I know we talked about it before, and, you know, the, the Mike Brown's not one to fire somebody with time left on his contract, and I think there's, like, one year left. Doesn't isn't that a team that is in badly need of some new breath, a new voice, a new paint job? Maybe you know, and I mean, I don't think any of us would put Lewis in the top six or eight coaches in the league. And you know, one thing from a year ago, they were 
remarkably injury-free last year. And this year they've gotten hit extremely hard. And I also don't think the front office did enough to make up for that. You know, I mean, what if you just keep Marvin Jones? You know, I mean, you knew Eifert got hurt in the Pro Bowl. Um, They could have went out and used some of their resources. They really didn't. I mean, that doesn't change the opinion, but my hunch is, though, I mean, if they were to let go of Lewis, don't you think he'd end up getting picked up in a year or so anyways? I mean, he's won a lot of games. Right. I mean, he went to yeah, the playoffs five right. years in a row, I think. Right, right. Hey, what were your thoughts on uh, Goff? Unfortunately, kind of what you expect, you know, he – he didn't complete a pass more than seven yards downfield. <laughs> and his average length of completion was something like four yards. You know, I mean, that's, you know, he was under a lot of pressure. Their line isn't good. They can't rely on Gurley because of the line. And I thought he didn't kill them, you know, so that was going for him where they, they kept it very, very simple for him. But at the end of the game, whenever he had the throw and everybody knew it and he had to make a play to try to bring him back, he looked totally frazzled. And that's okay. I mean, by no means does that mean that he can't play in this league. But his, it wasn't a glaring success. And I also wouldn't say it was a huge negative either. But it's kind of what you would have expected from someone that's struggled to get on the field and seems uncomfortable. Okay, do you see the forest through the trees, though, or whatever the saying is? I mean, is, is, there a, is there a making of an NFL quarterback there, or is it too early to tell? Way too early to tell. I, I think that yeah. would be unfair. Um, you know, like everyone else, when I watched some of his college tape, you could see why he would be sought after. You know, I mean, he's really good in the pocket. He has good pocket movement, accurate, good arm. Um, we haven't seen a lot of those things yet, but they didn't go away. You know, I mean, I don't know that the coaching staff there is helping him nearly to the degree of, you know, Philadelphia's with Wentz or certainly Dallas with Dak. Um, but the whole off season as the starter, you know, these couple games down the stretch to get to see what you're going to be facing, you know, let's evaluate them a year from now. Right, right. And, I mean, but – Having him play and having him finish the season is definitely the right thing to do, right? Oh, I think so. You know, I mean, I, I think the only reason you don't is if he's so bad and he can't function and run the offense that you can't evaluate the rest of your team. You know what I mean? That he just cripples the whole thing from a mental perspective. And I don't think that's the case. You know, at least you dummy things down. And, you know, it wasn't exactly the most complex offense to begin with or hardest one to prepare for. Um, they need to get Gurley going, though. You know, I mean, and I, I blame the line, but I also blame that they, they go hand in hand. You know, that if you're a defense, everyone's going to take Gurley away first and foremost, and that line should be better with the resources they put into it. Guys like Greg Robinson are not good. I mean, he's second pick. In the Number two pick. Yeah. I mean, is it on Gurley at all, though? I mean, it's been a long time since he's had a good game. It has. And I think he was special players find a way to get it done, and I'm not. I, I get it. I, I realize it's difficult for him, but doesn't every once in a while he break off a good run? You would think he would still have ten highlight reel runs that ended up on Sports Center. You know what I mean? Even though things are bad, 
he does something great because he's getting the ball, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of it's on him. And I heard Greg Cosell put it really well that he thought that, not to put words in his mouth, but to paraphrase, that Gurley was playing really well early in the year just with nowhere to go. But as the season went on, he's running like he doesn't trust his offensive line. Like, you know, like, I'm going to get hit the second I get the ball. You know, and I, and I think that's right. fair. And he's young, and he hasn't played in this league long either. Um, yeah, and it's a bad situation. I'm not sure how you fix it, but if, if Gurley and or Goff could start to play mediocre football, I could see the dominoes falling where the other one kind of lines up, you know? Right. But, and, and they do have a good defense. And these guys are young and have so much investment into them. you got to figure out the offensive line. I mean, that's a shame on them for, for not doing that. No question. And they put resources in it. I mean, they used a lot of draft picks the last two years or so on offensive linemen. Um, you, know, Kenny Britt's pl- you know, Kenny Britt's playing well as a, as a receiver, but I don't think anyone's afraid of the passing game in general. Uh, it, it's an uphill climb, there's no doubt. Interesting. So let's get back to Thanksgiving slate just a little bit. What's the game you're most looking forward to, the NFC East or NFC North? East. I just think those two teams are better. You know, that if you were to rank those four teams, I would go Dallas, Washington, Detroit, Minnesota. You know, I mean, I think it's just two better football teams going at each other probably doesn't mean quite as much in terms of who's going to win division. I mean, I, I know Washington's impressive, but I'd, I'd be shocked still if they caught the Cowboys. Um, but I think all three games should be pretty competitive, although, again, the luck factor isn't as appealing now. You're looking for, I think, the best, probably the best game on paper on Sunday is the night game. Denver-Kansas City at Gottflex. They're so impressed with this matchup. They knocked Tom Brady off of prime time, and that's rare. Um Thoughts on that game? Where's that one at? I haven't really even looked at this late past Thursday. It, it's Denver. It's in Denver? Yeah. I would think Denver's favored, you know, at home, at night, tough place to play. Kansas City's coming off a loss. But, again, another one with massive playoff implications, you know, as well as, like, Miami's playing and, you know, that uh, I'm not sure that it's a guarantee that three wild cards come out of the West. I still think it's a favorite to happen. Um, and we thought that. I certainly thought that a couple weeks ago. Now Miami's a game behind them, and Miami's got San Francisco coming into town on Sunday. They're winning that game. So the loser of that game is with Miami. Right, right. Yeah, hey, right. I mean, this AFC wild card race could be really interesting. And if the Raiders happen to stumble, I mean, it wouldn't blow either one of us away, I'm sure, if, that, if Denver caught them in the West or even Kansas City. I mean, the there's still a lot of football to be played, and I know we've made the mistake, and we've you know kind of prognosed you know that this is how it looks like it's going to lay out. But I mean, there's still a lot of football left. Yeah, and again, like you said earlier in the show, I think the last couple weeks have shown us that, and that's exciting. I don't, you know, there, it has a chance to be a, a throw in December. Maybe not be peak NFL football, but at least it's going to be entertaining. Um, you know, the AMC. I, I think. This game is more critical for Denver than it is Kansas City because Denver has lost to Oakland, and you don't want to lose to both those guys and fall two games behind you know, Oakland if Oakland beats Carolina. And I'm not sure Oakland beats Carolina. 
I mean, almost every game Oakland's played this year has been close, and Carolina has ability, and they've shown signs of putting it together recently. So I don't know if that's a gimme for the Raiders. But if it is, and the, and the Broncos lose at home to Chiefs, they're two games behind, and now they're tied with Miami likely. So, and because Kansas City has beaten Oakland on the road and gets Oakland in a couple of Thursdays from now at home, I think Kansas City can make up for it more than Denver. So long, long theory short, this is more critical for Denver on, on Sunday night. Yeah, I think that's well said, and I hadn't looked that much into it. I'm, I'm sure you're more on top of that race and their schedules than I am. And then my other thought with Denver is if they do stumble here or next week or both, you know, do you think about Lynch? And this is a terrible time of year, and they kind of had to do it last year too, that, you know, if you're a contender and you're the Super Bowl champs, and you, are you considering a, a quarterback change to a guy that has one career start? Well, I mean – Opposed to a guy who has 11 career starts, you know. I mean, I guess, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know that was the target date when, when when Simeon won the job. Everybody's like, okay, maybe it's at the buy, and we were coming off the buy in Denver. It was a late buy, so um, that Tuesday of last week, when you know the bye week practices are kind of catch up and, and do some things, they they rested Simeon and they gave Lynch all the reps and. Because he does, he has some really beautiful throws. He does some things, but he still, you know, needs to find a consistency. And I think that's what they expected from him this year. Ideally, you don't start him this year. But I think they're excited about Lynch moving forward. I am too, and I think he was handpicked to fit the Kubiak system, play action, some deep throws, quarterback designed movement. I think he's wildly talented. I mean, I, I don't think anybody thought, you know, coming out of Memphis that, you know, he's going to be a, a media plug-and-play starter. You know, if they can have a quality season, and not the, you know, the, you're going to flush a season down the toilet or anything, but if they could keep highly competitive with Simeon for the rest of the year, let Lynch marinate and grow, and then basically insert him as the starter as soon as the offseason starts, you know, he may really develop into something. I mean, it, it wouldn't – I mean – if he's a stock right now, I'm buying. You know, I mean, this might be yeah. as low as his stock ever goes. That's the stock in Miami. They've won, you know, five in a row, it looks like. They're right there. Tannehill is starting to really get it. Gaze looks like he has a positive effect on the team. Can this team make a, a serious playoff run? Their defense is better than I thought. I mean, they rushed the passer well. I thought the secondary would be a major hole. And it's not bad, you know. I mean, they're 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 well coached. They're they're exceeding expectations. And you're right, you know, Tannehill's coming along at a pace you like. Devontae Parker's had two really good games back to back, and you know they can run the ball. Um, you know, they beat the Rams and against Goff, who did very very little, as we talked about earlier. But still, Tannehill played his best when it mattered most. And in that game, they were without their two best linemen, you know, uh, Albert, the left tackle, and and Pouncey, the center. I mean, those guys are quality players. So Tunsil moved from guard to left tackle. And then he went out, I think, in the second quarter. So their three best linemen they were without. And, you know, against Aaron Donald in a great D-line. And they found a way to win. And Tannehill played his best when it mattered most after three really rough quarters. And you talked about the Raiders, how, you know, you equated them to the Cubs from a year ago. I look at Miami and think maybe they're the Cubs from two years ago. You know, the two okay. more off seasons, then they might be something. 
Gaze has Gaze looks like he can be a, a good head coach, huh? I mean, I know he was yes. very sought after and very and very appreciated in Denver when he was the offensive coordinator there. I mean, Manning loved him. He seems like he gets it. And got a ton out of Cutler last year too. You know, I mean, without a lot of talent in Chicago, um, I thought that was the best hire of the off season when it happened. Um, especially because Tannehill needed all the work, you know, and you hire a quarterback whisperer. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the jury's still out on is he a CEO, is he a leader of men, how is he on game day? I don't think I know that answer or anyone really knows that answer, but all reports are very favorable. Yep. Cool. Hey, I want to wrap it up with two last deals. One is Seattle. Seattle's doing what Seattle does getting hot in the middle of the late season. Their quarterback seems like he's over his three injuries. I mean, this team is, is on the come, isn't it? I mean, this is a Seattle-Dallas collision course in the NFC, don't you think? Yeah, and honestly, I've been calling for it all year. You know, I've been very much in their corner, and now they're making me look smart. You know, that here comes Michael Bennett back. You know, this defense is still outstanding. Russell Wilson's playing at an MVP level, really, and he's finally healthy. The line is still bad, but it's not dismal. You know, I mean, that's how it goes throughout the year that it goes from dreadful to blah to not so bad to, you know, and then that's good enough. And, you know, I, I, the precise injury I don't think is wonderful because they were really, you know, getting him acclimated, and he was a, a different type of weapon that they hadn't had. But now Thomas Rawls comes back. So, you know, it's not like. You know, the cupboards aren't totally bare either. Hey, Matt, last question, two-parter. Is Jay Cutler this year, and if not, is he a starting quarterback somewhere else? He's tough. You know, I mean, you could do a lot worse, and I think we had the conversation of if Jay Cutler played 16 games for the Jaguars this year, do they win the South? And the answer is probably yes. You know, I mean, um, I don't think anyone does cartwheels saying, boy, we brought in Jay Cutler, we're turning things around, you know, especially at this point of his career. He very much is what he is. You know, people talk about him like he can't even be in the league anymore, though. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's to that point. I mean, he's had some down times, um, not exactly the best supporting cast. That Tampa Bay game was really rough to watch, and now he's injured and out for a while. I mean, I think he'll have a lukewarm market. But somebody's going to use them. I mean, again, like yeah. what if Denver had them all year? San Francisco or Cleveland, or you just go way young there? Yeah, I can't invest anything in him if I'm those teams. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would rather keep McCown for very lot, a lot less and develop Kessler and RG3, or, you know what I mean, or Kaepernick. I mean, right. Somebody that has a higher Maybe scoring. that's what the Bears should have done. Right, right. Anyways, well, hey, Matt, great show. I appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week as we get ready for December football. And everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson.